Please repeat. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Mangalam Gurudevai Devi Matriksha Mangalam Mangalam Bhakta Brindibu Sarvalo Kaya Mangalam Om Stapakaya Chadarmasya Sarvadarmasarupine Avatar of Arishtaya Ramakrishnaya Mangalam Om Sarashiva Samarambam Shankaracharya Majamam Ashmadachara Prayantam Vande Gurum Barambaram Guru Brahma Guru Vishnu Guru Devo Mahishwara Guru Reva Param Brahman Dasmai Sri Guru <coughs> So today very auspicious day. Uh, it's uh, during, we are in the midst of the spring Navaratri. And of course at our temple we celebrate the fall Navaratri. And it was a very, with Durga Puja and special heavens for the, for the, Navadurgas very elaborately we celebrate the fall Navaratri uh, but the fall Navaratri according to the scriptures came began to be celebrated very late late means 1,750,000 years ago the, the, the switch came from spring Navaratri to the fall Navaratri because the David who's uh, uh, why the goddess is worshipped in spring this is what we look at this mother nature we've seen this is her visible form Right, and during during summer, during winter, she's sleeping. The all nature begins to go to sleep. We also begin to go to sleep. Right, and in spring she begins to wake up. When she wakes up, this is the time to worship her. So, but when Lord Ram, <coughs> when Sita was abducted, and Ram found out, Lord Ram found where she was and found out that she had only one month. He had only one month to rescue her. Right, so he needed to perform Durga Puja to worship Devi to get the strength to fight and rescue Sita. But Durga Puja is in spring. He didn't have till spring. Or he couldn't wait till, till uh, February, March to do this Puja. Uh, so he did a rite, which we now do every the first few days of, of, of Navaratri. Forgetting the Sanskrit word, but it means untimely awakening. You wake up Ma out of, out of season, out, unseasonal awakening. Waking somebody out from a deep sleep. Because we can't wait till spring for nature to wake up and everything be on our side. Sometimes we have to wake her up, and and so he performed uh, he performed Durga Puja during spring, during fall. I'm sorry. So since that time, one million seventy thousand years ago, <laughs> a long time ago, uh, very recently in the cosmic scheme of things, uh, the shift happened. But actually, this is the auspicious time for Navaratri. And also, just like this fall Navaratri is associated with Lord Ram because of his uh, worshipping Durga to get strength to fight Ravana and save Sita. Similarly, this Navaratri is also associated with Lord Ram, because it ends on Ram Navami, Ram's uh, Jayanti day, Ram's birthday, if you could say. He's born, anybody know what time he's born? Noon. So on, on, I think that's Tuesday, probably Navami? Tuesday. Tuesday, Tuesday, so you notice just at noon, right? Every, there's, uh, there's days, there's like your seasons, hot somehow. Uh, just like there's seasons uh, that are special, there's times of the day that are special, there's months that are special, there's weeks that are special, there's, there's periods of time like now, like Navaratri. There's also um, 
uh, 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 moments, right? That then yogis are very cautious, are very careful to notice these auspicious moments. Like, and so, like Krishna is born at, right at midnight. So we fa- uh, um, uh, Ram is born right at noon. Uh, what else? Uh, Nishingadev, when does he when does he appear? Dawn. Right at dusk. Oh, dusk. Right, all right. Uh, like that's uh, uh, Lord Chaitanya. He appeared at moonrise. At the exact moment is known. Not only the day, but the exact moment is known. So we try to notice, note these things. So it's come next Tuesday. Remember right at noon. At noon, uh, remember Lord Ram. There's a special hymn from Tulsi Das that describes Lord Ram's uh, birth. That's usually chanted right at that time. So, <coughs> so the very auspicious. T- the point is the very auspicious. T- every day is auspicious, of course, especially today. Uh, so we're continuing our readings from the Srimad Bhagavatam. We've been reading, actually we've been reading Srimad Bhagavatam verse by verse mostly for many, many years. And now we've gotten to the 8th Skanda in chapter 21, 22, something like that, 20. And we've been reading about the story of Lord uh, Vamana, the appearance of Vamana. And Vamana in his humbling of Bali. Mahabali, King Bali, and most people, many people know the story. Not many people were, have been here the whole time, so I'll give a very gist form before we pick up where the verses we, where we left off. Uh, um, there's different stories. There's different versions of this story of, of how Bali got control and got power, and how Vamana, Lord Vishnu, then humbles him. Uh, so the even in the Bhagavatam, there's two different stories. So we're telling this particular version, which is where we got in this chapter. Uh, and this, this, uh, because it's each time a story is told, it's being told for to illustrate a point, right? And so sometimes even the point isn't a story. Sometimes within, as a story is being told, conversations happen, verses happen, situations where a main uh, teaching is. So th- we've come as we've been reading. We've got some really big doozy verses. Last week we read a couple of big doozy verses. They're big teachings of the section. And uh, so the story is being just like if I'm tell- if I'm going to il- want to. To teach something to somebody or illustrate a point. Oh, well, you you pull from the different stories from the scriptures. So the sages do the same thing. So the same stories told many scriptures, many different ways to illustrate different points. So we'll find out what the point is in in, in this telling, what the points are in this telling. So it says that Bali, Bali is the grandson of Prahlad, right? The great devotee, but he's a, the great devotee, the greatest of devotees. Who we Bhakta Prahlad, we consider him to be the greatest example of pure devotion. But he's not born in a Devo family. He's not born in a human family. He's born in a Suda family, a demonic family, right? Demon race, right? The Asudas in that uh, structured reality that the, that the sages reveal of the heavens and the hellish realms. He's a, he's uh, uh, his father was one of the greatest tyrants known. Can't say known to man, known to the universe, known in, in recorded. Not even history, in recorded mythology, <laughs> even bigger than history. The greatest tyrant in recorded mythology. Uh, but he was born a pure devotee because it says that in his mother's womb he heard some teachings of Narada. Just hearing the name Narayana and some divine teaching while in the mother's womb, he was born a pure devotee, fully awakened. Right? And this very much angered his father. We all, which is not the time to tell that full story, but it's a background for this. And uh, uh, eventually we know that, that that beautiful incarnation or fierce incarnation of the Lord, Narashinga, came and saved him. One of our favorite stories. His grandson is Bali. And so Bali, he's a very great, he's also a devotee. 
right? And, uh, he's, uh, but he's a demon, right? <laughs> in this in this sense, he's a uh, he's still he's now king of the demons, right? But he's a good man. But the, the thing, even you know, whatever, whether we're good or bad, a lot of it depends on our company, right? He has bad company. The good man with bad company. <laughs> Right, so he, uh, he worldly comes the worldly philosophy of the demon, and his story told as demons, the world materialistic philosophy of the demons, that slowly polluted his mind. But he was a good man; he was an honest man, uh, trying to do good, trying to be a good king. He, his his realm is the hellish realm, Pataluka. Right, so he's trying to be a good king, and and during a one one ancient fight between the gods and the demons, in the, he gets killed, and his guru brings him back to life, because his guru, the guru of the demons, is. Shukracharya. And Shukracharya has a vidya called Sanjeevani vidya. He can meaning that which brings the dead to life, right? So that's uh, that's in the that's in the possession of the demons, the underworld. You see, you take a seed, you put it in the ground, it comes back to life, right? The underworld, that from the earth, from under the earth, the things life come, dead comes back to life, right? And the devas, they have a different. They don't have the ability to bring dead back to life. What do they want? They want to live a long time. They want immortality. Right, the the the, in the realm of the demons in this mythological stratified uh, reality, the realm of the demons, the underworld realm, the world of bringing uh, of rebirth, and the realm of the gods is of that of long life, right? Uh, trying to live, for, they want amrita to live forever, long or long. Nothing, nobody lives forever, that we know. Anything that borns die, but they want their version of immortality is long life. But the demons' version of immortality is rebirth, right? So anyway, so uh, Bali is being king, king of the demons, and he gets killed and, and in this battle, and he gets brought back to life by his guru, Shukracharya. And by pleasing his guru, his guru gives them much knowledge, and they begin to form, he begins to perform these Rajsurya sacrifices, these, uh, um, these sacrifices that give one kingship, legitimate kingly rule. And he does, here it says a hundred, and other places in the same book it says a thousand. After doing a thousand, he gets so powerful Right, he decides. Well, now we can, with so much power, we can, we can, we can take, we can finally fight the gods and win, right? So they go. Let's let's attack. They attack heaven, right? And Indra sees them coming and freaks out. What to do, right? Because he says, "We suck. We killed them." Imagine after a hundred years of battle, you finally kill your enemy. I mean, nowadays on TV, we see so many things where dead come back to life. That's a different <laughs> thing, right? <laughs> it's a new theme on TV, right? And all of a sudden, he's coming, he looks stronger, he's back to life, and he has, was full strength and full courage at attacking. So he runs to his guru and says, what, what do I do? His guru is? Brahaspati, a guru of the gods, right? And, uh, 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 and Brahaspati says, now, as you see right now, he has been pleased, uh, 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 he has pleased his guru, his guru, Right, so he has the blessings of the sa- of the saints, a certain type of saint, right, <laughs> materialistic saint, uh, Shukra, right. So now we can't win him, right. So what to do? Uh, no, I'm sorry. So many, it's been so many weeks of storytelling that we're trying to make me excited. So uh, when he gets kicked out of he- the, uh, so oh, so 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 the 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 Brihaspati tells him, you better run. You can't fight him now. If you fight him, you'll lose, right. They have the blessings of the saints, right. You don't now. The uh, uh, um, uh, uh, Lakshmi or auspiciousness is on their side. Right? If you fight them, you'll lose. You in direct fight. Better you go, retreat. And the time will change. Nobody's you know you're you're the gods and you're and you're losing your throne. Right. So not, so if even the gods can't hold the throne, the demons won't be able to hold the throne. Time will change again. You'll you'll have your time. Run. So they run and they hide. And the mother of the demons, 
the mother of the gods? Aditi. Aditi. Aditi and Aditi. Diti, she goes into an ashram to do austerity because she's been kicked out of heaven. All her children have been kicked out of heaven. And her husband comes, Kashapamuni. And he says, what's wrong with you? And he says, oh, is anything wrong? Oh, something a little bit wrong. You see, my sons have been kicked out of heaven. The, uh, my, uh, your other wife's sons have taken over. Diti's sons. Right? He says, if you please uh, tell me what to do. And Kashapa tells him, do this sacrifice. He gives it called the Paishavarata. We read this as many weeks. I'm summarizing because we're going to try to finish tonight. So I'm going to have to summarize everything. Uh, she performed a 12-day vrat to Lord Narayana, chanting Om Namo, the same mantra, Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya, for 12 days, doing, drinking only milk and doing certain pujas as described, at the end of which Lord Narayana appeared before her. He says, what do you, I know what you want, but you tell me what you want. He says, I want, uh, 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 he says, actually, don't tell me what you want. I know what you want. You want that in the Indra, that the demons get kicked out of heaven, and that Indra and your children, the gods, can regain heaven. He says, but that's not possible right now. Right? How can, uh, 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 right now, the, the, pun- the fate is on their side. Right? If, we fight, if, you, if, if I help you fight them, you will lose. Right? He also says, he says, but still, you've done this worship for me, so I have to do something. Right? I have to do something to, uh, to get the gods back in place. The only way to do this, to get your children back in heaven, the only way to do this is if I become your child. Right? And so he says, I shall be born as your son. Right? This is the birth of Vamana. And then he says one verse that we read, like one of, one of the core verses of that night. He says, go and don't tell anybody what has happened. Right? That I'm going to enter your womb through your husband. To them, to, uh, uh, don't don't tell anybody because any spiritual experience shouldn't be, shouldn't be told openly, otherwise it will diminish. That's one of the important. That's once again these are like core. This is one of the core points that our spiritual experiences shouldn't be broadcast openly. Right, it's between you, Guru, and a few very close, intimate, uh, like-minded souls. Otherwise, it's just, any spiritual experience. As soon as you express it, it's gone. So be careful. Hold it. Right, and the time comes. Wait, I'll be born. So then he's born, a very beautiful description. But as soon as he appears, he appears, like when Vishnu appears, in order to show that he's Vishnu in the story, he always appears like in the pure form of Vishnu, hold, holding conch and disc and lotus and, uh, uh, what does he hold? Conch, lotus, mace, thank you, and disc. Right, Gada, Chakra, Padma, like this. Uh, and then he appears, then he, showed, then he immediately showed his, this form, and then he showed this little tiny dwarf, a little boy, five years old, right? But not just a little boy, a dwarf boy, right? You know, so, so, and, uh, uh, so, and he showed wearing, had, he, uh, wearing just a little copin and holding a water, like a, one of these, a water, a kamandalu, and a danda, and an umbrella, and, uh, and a few, these are the things of a Brahmin boy, and, and he gets immediately invested with the sacred thread, like he becomes a Brahmin, and the various gods and goddesses, they give him all the things he needs to be a little Brahmachari, right? He has, it's described he has dreadlocks, although the drawings always have him with a top knot, he actually has dreadlocks, it's described. Uh, 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 so he appears as a little Brahmachari, a small young boy, just, but a dwarf boy, right? He says, okay, from here I shall take care of everything. Right. So he goes. So at that time, Bali, King Bali, he's in heaven. He's nobody. He he entered. He showed up in heaven, and there was no gods to be seen. So he just sat down in the throne to rule. Right. <laughs> he very happily. But he was thinking. Actually, I've done so many of these Rajasuya sacrifices. He was going to do one final sacrifice. Right. And some texts say this is a, the ninth, 
999 have been performed. Now the, thou the thousandth sacrifice is going to be done where he gives unchallenged rulership. This is the point of this, that, that puja. And a little bit, he was a good, he was a good king. He was doing his kingly duty of expanding his kingdom. That's what kings, that's what, that's what uh, politicians do. You protect what you got, you expand your influence. This is <laughs> what they do, right? Right. It's happening right now. You, uh, you turn on the TV. It's like people <laughs> fighting over different pieces of land. Like this is what they, this is what people do, what kings do. <laughs> good or good or bad. This is the, this is what it means to have a king or a leader. You know, uh, uh, uh. and so. But some little Maya, I mean, he's a demon, so some, some little Maya entered his mind, and he thought to think, I'll, I'll, with so much power and so much rulership, and there's not, the gods aren't even, didn't show up to fight me, that's how powerful I am, right? That, I can, that we don't even need God anymore. Mm -hmm. right? That was his big mistake. He actually thought that, actually, that it's not like he's a king underneath the king of kings. He's thinking, we don't, that Vishnu, actually, we don't need Vishnu anymore. Right? I can do his job. Right, look how good I'm doing, right? <laughs> right, I'm, everything's going very nicely. I'm a good, I'm an honest man. I'm, a, I'm very, and he, because power, with great power comes comes illusion. With great wealth comes also illusion, delusion. You begin to think yourself very powerful, very uh, unchallenged, right? Especially when he hasn't been challenged. Uh, the thing is, you can see where it happened. Everything was handed, literally, the, the kingdom of God was handed to him, right? He had no challenge, right? Uh, so... This is where we kind of uh, uh, meet uh, 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 the scene we meet. And so the little boy, in the middle of the sacrifice, this little Brahmin boy, a little dwarf Brahmin boy, right? Five-year-old uh, uh, in the dwarf body, you know, slightly disfigured type of body, shows up, but shining, because he's Vishnu, right? So he shines with Tejas, right? And Ojas, right? Uh, this inner, inner purity. And seeing him, Bali, who's doing the sacrifice, he gets up immediately. He goes, oh, a, a Brahmin has come. And this Brahm, a little begging Brahmin is a common sight. At our ashram, the local ashram nearby our ashram, that's an orthodox Vaishnava ashram, the little, all the little boys every day go, just, just exactly with their water pot and umbrella and no shirt, they go and they go begging, collecting, collecting food for their ashram. Right? So we give them a few, we give them a couple handfuls of rice and they go, you know. So he said, oh, a Brahmin has come, asking for gifts. Right, so he says, oh, I'm very impressed with you, ask for anything. Because that's the nature, actually, this is dharma, this is proper dharma. Especially in a puja, much is given. Not just much is thrown in the fire, but then people are fed, but the poor are fed, the Brahmins are fed. Anybody who comes should be given maximum gifts. Gift giving is an important part of any sacrifice. And he's now, not just king, he's king of kings, sitting on Indra's throne, thinking that he doesn't, we don't even need God anymore, he's so powerful. So he said, anything you want, take. And this little boy says, all I want is three... Uh, uh, steps of land measured by my feet. My feet. I'm a little, my little dwarf Brahmin boy, five-year-old little boy, little feet like this, you know. <laughs> and 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 this is where we got last week. And 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 Bali says, you are very pious and very pure, but you're very foolish. You don't know the ways of the world, right? You should ask. I'm I'm willing to give you everything. I'll give you a whole continent. I'll give you a whole kingdom. I'll give you an island. Give you anything you want. You shouldn't ask that you. You're in front of Bali, and I'm in a very good mood. I'm performing the sacrifice that will make me God, basically, right? So just take anything, and that's last week's verse. Every week there's some core verse. Last week's verse it says that anybody who's not satisfied with three steps of land will not be satisfied with the three worlds, hmm. right? This is what the the the, the 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 verse that we spent a lot of time on, 
if you're not satisfied, what do three steps of land mean? That's basically six, seven feet by measuring it's like one bit. So it's basically what it takes to lay down in. Actually, what we need is very little. We have much, and we can have much. That's not, this, is, this is not about poverty, these verses. But what do we need? We need a tiny, a few, a few, uh, a little handful of grains to fill our stomach, right? A little bit of clothes to cover us if we're hot or cold, and a f- six, seven feet of land to lay down. That's ultimate what we need, right? That's it, actually. Everything else is extra, right? By your work and karma, you get we get more. But that's actually what we need, right? If you're not satisfied, so if you're not satisfied, anybody who's not satisfied with three steps of land, the three worlds will not satisfy them, right? And then it says verses that then. Un- un- uncover that idea it says one whose mind is not controlled or one whose senses are not controlled or atma vijit or whose um, uh, uh, who's self he's not self-controlled uses all these words right the three worlds will never every enjoyment in the three worlds will not satisfy him he'll never be happy if you're not self-controlled then no amount of, of, of acquisition or power will satisfy you and he keeps unfolding this idea, right? Then, it, then, another, then again, he says it in another way. One who's not satisfied whatever is, comes to him naturally, by his own destiny, by his own fate, right? By his own karma. That will not, that even if the three worlds come, will not be satisfied. You know, whatever comes to you, that should be, if you're not satisfied with what you have, in other words, keep saying, if you're not satisfied with what you have, you'll never be satisfied, right? But it's not saying you should not have, that you shouldn't have anything. Right, but if you're trying to, if you're satisfied with what you have, if you get extra, that's that's your own, that's 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 also destiny, right? To be served properly, use it properly, right? Don't become too bewildered, don't get, don't lose yourself in it. But if you're not, but but then no matter how much you have, if you if you're not satisfied with simple, the bare minimum and whatever comes by your own by the by your own by your own destiny, your own karma, God's grace, you'll never be happy. That's he's saying. So therefore, all I want is three steps of land. Right, and so then, then uh, uh, the Shukra, the guru, the, uh, he gets he gets really nervous, right? And Shukra, the guru of the demons, he gets nervous and says, "I think that's Vishnu. I don't think it's a little Brahmin boy at all. Right? <laughs> and, and I think it's very dangerous what you're doing. You're offering to give your three steps. He's Vishnu. Who knows what he's going to do? He's a magician." He's a trickster. Everything he does, he's, he, he can do anything, right? So it's like, who knows? It's like one step of his whole body is a universe. One step, he'll take everything, and you'll be left with nothing. Don't offer. Don't don't say that you'll offer him three step. Uh, don't offer him. Uh, don't give you. Don't give this gift away. And he says, but Guruji, I've said I'm going to give anything he wants, and he's asked for three steps of land. I have to give it. And he says, no, no, no. And then he gives another philosophy. He gives a very. He gives the the. The, uh, the demon philosophy. And he says, you have to understand what truth is, right? What's true is what's good for you, right? Basically, I'm summarizing, right? You say, because he says, oh, I don't want to lie. If I say I'm going to do something, no, no, if, if it's good, if it's true, that means you should benefit, right? Therefore, it's not a lie if it's good for you. Then he gives the reasons. You can lie for certain things. You can lie. I remember one of my favorites last week is that you can, if you're trying to impress a girl, that's okay. You can lie, <laughs> right? If you're, that's a, that's not a lie. You can impress girls. You can, uh, in order to, uh, 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 um, uh, um, uh, you can lie in marriage negotiations, right? You can. You know, that happens. You know, these things happen all the time. These are, this is, all these things. All these things. He's given all these, and he says, and 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 you should give charity. But when you give, you're giving like if if I give you a hundred, if I give a hundred dollars, that's part of me. That's my hundred dollars. That's what makes me who I am. And therefore, I'm giving myself. So don't give too much. That's not good. 
right? <laughs> but you have to give something because if you don't give something, people call you a miser and you lose reputation. So you have to give. If you give, it's only because it makes you look good. This is the philosophy. So, but don't overgive. This is the this this is this is I mean this is everybody's philosophy. That's the thing. You can see this is what it represents. This is this is this is materialistic philosophy, right? Where we interpret morality and truth what suits us, right? And uh, uh, and he says that that you you have to give a little bit of charity, so people think you're generous, right? Because nobody should think that oh you're not a generous person. Right, but don't be to be too generous because then you lose your. See, if you're generous, it's for your benefit, and if and if you give, it's for your benefit. And if you don't give, it's also for your benefit. So he's saying you shouldn't give. Right, he says, good idea. I have to give. I said I'm going to. Whether you're right, you're probably right. What you're saying is true. But what can I do? I've said. I said I'm going to do this. Right, I, I have to do this. And the guru got so upset that because remember the what were the guru? The guru was scared that by doing this he'd lose his position of heaven. Right, so he says, ah, I'm so upset with you, may you lose your position of heaven. And he goes off. Oof. Right, it shows you that the guru's position, that guru's, the demon guru's position is also a little egotistical. If you're not going to listen to me, the very thing that he was trying to protect his disciple, he made happen. Right, and that's actually in this leela how, how Bali loses his, uh, uh, Vishnu says, actually right now, tells uh, uh, the uh, Aditi, right now he has the blessings of his guru so we can't win. We need to make a situation, I'll make a situation where the guru curses him to lose everything. So this is how all these things happen to make, to make this happen. So he says, and so, yeah, so the guru curses him and you lose everything and goes off, right? This is how ego works, you know? And so Bali takes, takes his wife, Bali's wife brings water and he takes, uh, and they wa- we, like water he takes the sankalpa. I give you whatever, whatever you ask for, I give you. And he washes this little boy's feet. So this is where we pick up. Long, quick. I, I we we did uh, three hours in, in 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 about fifteen minutes. So sorry, it had to be condensed. But hmm. then, so I'm not. I didn't. Tra- I only translated one verse. I'm reading from existing translation of Samhita Pasyananda of the Srimad Bhagavatam. Then, in appreciation of the absolute integrity and straightforwardness of Mahabali in fulfilling his promise, a rain of flowers showered on Bali the Asura king from heaven by the host of jubilant celestials, Devas, Gandharvas, Vinjadadas, Siddhas, Charanas, and others. So actually, this is a demon who's about to be humbled by Vishnu, right? Just like, like Hiranyakashipu was humbled by, like, uh, by Narasimha, and Kamsa was uh, humbled by Krishna, and Ravana is humbled by Ram, right? But, so, but he's a different type of demon, Right, so by his action, what happens right before the humbling of, 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 of Mahabali? The gods and, and celestials shower uh, petals. So that actually is his, he's exactly, he's not humbling. His, in his humbling of, of Bali, he's blessing Bali. Right, actually, whatever, whatever God does, this is another point, whatever God does is ultimately for our good. Right, and sometimes when we get a little too egotistical and we have to be humbled, Right, and we have to be shot, brought back down. That's also not, oh my God, God, everything's against me. Everything being against you could be God's blessing, right? So you can, you're, from that, from where you are, you may not be able to, uh, you just mess up more and more, right? So God's blessing sometimes is to humble you, right? So, uh, so God, uh, flowers fall from heaven. 
kettle drums and other instruments were sounded again and again. Gandharvas, Kinaras, and Kimpurusha sang, praising Bali thus. Even knowing that he will lose his all, the great hero has accomplished the impossible task of making an offering of all the three worlds to his enemy. So this is just, of course, it's not really his enemy, but even if it is his enemy, Bali, his quality, he's honest. He says, I'm going to do it, even like, okay, like, you're, you may be an imposter, you may be trick, you may be my enemy, but I said I'm going to give you whatever you want. So you have to. So that's this is a big this 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 commitment to truth is very big and necessary in spiritual life. That form of vamana, which included in itself the whole of prakriti, now expanded in a wonderful manner, revealing within its within it all that exists. That little dwarf, five-year-old little tiny dwarf, expanded and showed that he was. Everything in Prakriti, all the the entire nature, everything that exists within him, he is Prakriti, and the soul of Prakriti, right? So uh, this is, but also think from a, a demon normally, even not even demon, even humans and gods don't have this vision of the entire universal form, is everything being one, uh, being expansion of God and existing with God, right? But so how lucky. This, this, the seeming demon Hati who, who kicked out Indra and sat on his throne. How lucky he is that he gets, by, by God's grace, he gets to see the universal, called the Vishwarupa, the universal form of the Lord. Now, the think. In that most glorious divine form of the Lord, Bali, along with his priests and members of the sacrificial assembly, saw the whole universe included in this manifestation of the gunas of Pakriti, like the gross elements, indriyas, objects, senses, objects, mind, and, the, and all embodied beings. Mahabali saw in that cosmic form of the Lord. So, now, when we meditate on uh, any image of God, according to this process of meditation, you start meditating on the feet. Right, you go from the feet to the ankles to the legs, and you move you up, and this is the way you meditate. And the description of whenever the form of the Lord is described in meditation, these mantras always from the feet up, right? For Vishnu forms, the Devi forms is usually from the face down. But so it's describing what is now that we say, oh, we say, oh, the Lord's feet has two beautiful lotus feet with different symbols on them. He has ankle bells on his, you know, you can describe like that. But now he's describing this form of the Lord, which is all of nature. So we, this is you think about just to have this vision. Very beautiful. It's in about six, seven verses. Very beautiful. Mahabali saw the cosmic form of the Lord, the neither worlds, the the uh, uh, the hellish realms, and the under surface of his feet, the earth in his foot, the mountains in his ankles, the birds in his knees, and the winds in his thighs. But you think so? This is. But think about. It. You have mountains. What are mountains in his uh, um, mountains in his ankles and birds in his knees? Because birds fly over mountains. And above birds, there's still air, right? So then above, so you think of just, just that the experience, of the, it's a, 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 this, this cosmic vision of nature. In that all-comprehending form of his, Bali saw Sandhya, this is the, the uh, night and day junctures, in his garments, the Prajapatis, the progenerators of mankind, in his genitals, the Asuras, the demons including himself in his lips, the sky in his navel, the seven seas in his abdomen, and the stars in his chest, O oh dear one. He saw dharma in his heart, ritta and satya. Ritta is, we talked long about ritta the other day, ritta is um, 
the rhythm of the cosmic rhythm of nature, and such a truth in his breasts, the moon in his mind, the goddess Sri, with a play lotus in his chest, this is Lakshmi, and the Vedic meters and all sounds in his neck. He saw Indra and the devas in his arms and the quarters in his ears, the heavens in the crown of his head, the clouds, clouds in his hair, and the air in his nose, the sun in his eyes, and the fire in his face. He saw the Vedas in his speech of that Supreme One, the deity Varuna in his tongue, that's a god of water, and the Vedic commandments and prohibitions in his eyebrows, day and night in his eyelids, anger in his forehead, and greed in his lips. He saw lust in his sense of touch, water in his semen, adharma, unrighteousness at his, in his back, I've just seen that the front is dharmas in his chest and adharma is behind him. He walks away from unrighteousness, right? Always behind him. Uh, uh, in his back. Yagna, yagna means sacrifice in his strides, death in his shadow. Maya, illusion in his laughter and plants in his hair. He, th- that hero saw rivers in his blood vessels, rocks in his nails. Brahma in his intellect, the devas and rishis in his senses. He saw in this universal form everything moving and unmoving in this universe. So just think of it, have that, ex- that experience. And you see this is, in one sense, what's he doing? He's simply seeing nature, but in a different way. right? And, and, and when we see nature, like what's the difference between somebody having a, this cosmic vision of God and somebody who's just seeing nature? In one sense, they're seeing the same thing, but they're seeing something totally different. When you see plants, you're seeing the Lord's hair. When you see uh, uh, rivers, you're seeing God's veins, right, in Pakriti, right? But you're not seeing God, right? That's the thing. When you're, when you're stuck only on nature, you don't see the cosmic being. But when you see the cosmic being, then you see everything in its proper way. Right, that's a, that, that we, we learn from the Chandi also. This whole world of Maya is only the Divine Mother. When you see the world, which is only her, you don't see her. When you see her, then you see the whole world is her. Right, so there's still the, the uh, uh, you have to see spiritually to even to see what's really what you what you're actually seeing materially. Uh, so he sees his cosmic. He sees the whole world as as him. Right, all the Pakriti in him. And you think he just offered. The one whose everything exists, including himself, uh, three steps of land. So what can he give? Right? What can be? What? 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 What can? If I'm giving you something, I have to give you something that you don't have that I have. But even everything that exists is in him. Even I'm in him. Right? And so the uh, some of the commentators on the verse is just like when we when we take bath in the Ganga, we do Ganga Tarpana. We take water from the Ganga, and we pour it into the Ganga. That's called puja. That's called bhakti. Right? We take God and offer it to God. God things and offer it to God, or God Himself and offer it to God. And we take when we're sitting in the Ganga and we take water in our hands. And has the Ganga reduced? The Ganga is not reduced. And we pour Ganga water into the Ganga. The Ganga is not increased. Right? Oh, He's lack. We've taken something from the Ganga and we added something back to the Ganga. It's only Ganga. So this is so the mistake. If we start thinking, oh, this is mine and I'm going to give it. I'm giving it to you. That's that possession is the mistake. Right, uh, 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 um, but a proper king, not like ba- who Bali should be and Bali will be, at the end of his of his, of his lila here. Uh, uh, he should understand that everything is God, and everything is God's, and everything is God, and I'm just and I'm only doing that His work, 
right? I'm offering to God what is God. That's the proper understanding. When ego comes in, we lose that, right? And that's the danger of power and and what's called bhogashwarya, power, money, pleasure, wealth. The mind gets deluded. We start. We lose the fact that everything belongs. It's not. It's not. It's not ours, and it's not us. These two things, right? It's his or hers, however you want to see, and it's her or him. Right? That proper understanding he's seeing. So this starts as his cosmic vision. Everything, including himself, is included. Seeing the whole universe in that cosmic form of the Lord, Vishwarupa, the support of awe, the Asudas felt much depressed. The demons felt much depressed and dispirited. Along with that form of the Lord were visible Sudarshana, the disk of irre- irresistible might, the bow Sangna, with its twanging sound like a thunderclap, the sea-born Panchanjaya, whose blare resembles a roll of thunder, the powerful maze of Vishnu called Kamodaki, Kamodaki, the sword called Vidyadara, and the moon-marked uh, scabbard, the quiver that never, uh, that never got empty of arrows, the Sunan, and Sunanda and other principal attendants of him, besides the garden of the deities of the quarters waiting upon him. So this is so he, that's an important point. When he saw this, he didn't just see nature. He also saw the one who, who was nature or who contained nature, who ran nature. He saw, he saw, the, like, he saw everything in Pakriti, but he also saw Purusha. Because right? that's the thing. We, when we're looking out in, in, in matter, we're seeing Pakriti. But we're, this, is not the, this is not the vision described here. He saw everything and the one who, to whom it was or who it was. Not only Pakriti, but also Purusha. He saw Vishnu. He saw everything in Vishnu and as Vishnu, but he also saw Vishnu. Right? He saw the spiritual being as well as the material manifestation. Here shown as he saw the conch and he saw the disc. He saw the, the things that made him, the, oh, this is Vishnu. Right? We see everything as Ma, but we also see Ma holding in the, in the classic form. Right? So that's the proper understanding. Purusha and Prakriti both he sees. Right? To Jesse Prakriti and think of it, think of it as called, that's called materialism. We make, we, make, we make nature God. Right? We, when you make God God, nature is God. Right? Because Purusha and Prakriti is not different. You see it properly. It's a very subtle point, but it's a big, big point. Mm. Waiting on all these, there stood the Lord, shining in brilliance of his spark, uh, spark, uh, in the brilliance of his sparkling diadem, armlet and fish-marked earrings, and also of the Srivatsa mark, Kastaba jewel, superb girdle, yellow garment and fragrant flower wreath, garland, that attracted large numbers of honeybees, ready to measure and take over the three worlds by his three steps. He saw that great being now ready to do what he, to take his his gift of three steps. Um, and he occupied the skies with his body and the corridors by stretching his arms. The heaven was hardly sufficient for his second stride, and for the third stride there was nothing left of in Mahambali's possession. So his first, he didn't have to take the first step. The first step was covered all the earth, right? And then when he moved the second step, he covered the entire heavenly world, the, the atmospheric space. He covered space, you could say. One step, he's already covered the earth. The second step, he covered earth. There's no place. Where, what else is Bali? He's king of the earth. He's king of the universe. He's Indra now, <laughs> right? So everything he thinks is his, it's, of course it's not his. It all exists within Vishnu. But Vishnu, in a certain sense, took it back. But he didn't take it back. It was never Bali's. Right? This, this is just meant to humble. This is the realization. Oh my God. 
right? Well, <laughs> the thing about this is that what humbling is not when something's taken away from you. You, you realize it wasn't like that you're being a fool. You realize you're, you didn't understand properly. That's when you're humbled. When you're defeated, it's different. Defeated, you, things are taken away from you. He's not being defeated, he's being humbled. Right? Or he's real he's, he's or he's or he's having a spiritual realization. Right? This could also be seen when you realize like, oh actually I can be God. Not I'm God. Right? He's actually thinking, I'm powerful, everything everybody worships me, everybody's in my control, everything I want I get, right? Everything anybody else wants, I give them. This is a nature of a rich person, you know, a rich powerful person, right? So I'm God. But the real but but then the realization is, oh my god. Oh my God, I'm not God. Right? <laughs> That's this. This is this is being described in the story, right? The first step covered the earth. The second step covered the whole atmosphere, right? Oh, right. And there's no place for a third step. What else do I have, right? You know, uh, for the second step, the sky, t- uh, the Lord took the uh, took extended beyond the swarga, beyond heavens to all the higher realms, like Maharloka, Janaloka, Tapaloka, and reached up to Satyaloka. There was nothing more to measure, right? There's no <laughs> third step, right? And actually it says that, so this is, a, we have 14 worlds, there's 118 worlds, or 14 worlds, or three worlds, different ways of stratifying. This is, so it mentions, when we say, when the guy, you know, Om Buhur, Om Bubaha, Om Suha, Om Maha, Om Jaraham, Tapaham, Satyam. These are the seven primary realms, right? So he covered the second step up to Satyaloka. These seven realms also correspond for yogis as the second seven chakras. So think so by saying he covers from earth to the heavens, right? And that that's like the cosmic thing. But it's also saying this whole body is his. He covers from the from the from the muladhara up to the beyond the crown chakra. The whole your whole being is his. This whole world is his, and your whole being is his. What what do you have to give? What do you have? What do you have control over? We think we have control, and we think we we think we have control. We're in control, and we can give. But it's all him, all his. So, so this is, so this is the, the and many paintings of this. You see, Vish, little dwarf expanding his foot, reaching up to heaven. You know this whole thing. So what happens? Brahma. So in heaven, Satyaloka is Brahma's realm, right? Lord Brahma, right? The Creator. Brahma now saw the luster of his toenails of the Lord, whose feet had touched the Satyaloka. So, so in Satyaloka, as he reaches at his foot from, imagine, you know, you're, you're in the highest heaven, sitting on your lotus, surrounded by singing Vedas, right? And all of a sudden, you're, you're, you're lustrous in the luster of Brahma, and all of a sudden he says that his luster became submerged, and something a thousand times brighter showed up, like with a fingernail of the, of the little foot of Bhamana as he, as he reached up into heaven. So all of a sudden, now in heaven is the toe, big toe of, of Bhamana. Right, so this is what Brahma is now looking. It's very, very poetically and nicely described. Brahma now saw the luster of the toenail of the Lord, whose feet had touched the Satyaloka, submerging the brilliance of that realm of His. So Brahma went forward to do honor to those feet of the Lord, accompanied by rishis like Marichi, lifelong Brahmacharians like Sanandana, and yogis and other sages who have burnt who have burnt up the dirt of karmic tendencies in themselves by the fire of knowledge ignited by yoga, by devotees who by the contemplation of the Lord's feet, who bhakti, have attained to sattva-loka, and by the presiding deities of the Vedas and the Upavedas, law codes, faculties of logic, the Puranas, Itahasyas and Samhitas. So all the residents of such who reaches such a loka 
the great rishis and sages, the great yogis who burned their karmas by the fire of knowledge, and the great devotees who pure devotion have become so pure that they live in the higher realm. All those beings are all there. The Vedas personified are there. So they all, uh, 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 um, uh, they all join all joined who by virtue of their devotion to the Lord had attained to that Brahmaloka, that Satyaloka, a realm to which ritualistic worship alone cannot elevate one. This is, also, this is one important line. Actually, just doing rituals does not guarantee such a realm. right? Yoga and, and, and bhakti, purity, attain that high consciousness. That's the goal. Then Brahma, who was born of the navel of the Lord, worshipped his feet with flowers as they came higher and higher into his realm. <laughs> right, his feet began to show, and so he said, oh, great, so he began to do puja. <laughs> right. What did he do? Brahma, one of his symbols he always has, I come under the water pot. So he took the, the water pot and began to bathe those feet. Right. And so that water, well, I'll, I'll read it before I tell you. If I tell you, then I read it, then it won't be fun. Uh, then Brahma... Uh, Okay, the water that Brahma poured from his water pot on, the, on that measuring feet of the Lord became the heavenly Ganga by virtue of the purity it attained by the contact of the Lord's feet. Falling down through the skies, it sanctifies all the three worlds, just like the Lord's holy fame itself. So the water that, that Brahma used to pour on Vishnu's feet, we always say Brahma, the, 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 the Ganga comes from the feet of Vishnu. Mm -hmm. this, is, this is the feet of Vishnu. If all and then it comes down and comes so powerfully, then it, then Shiva catches it in his hair. But it comes. This is how it comes from the feet of Vishnu, right? Brahma, Lord Brahma, he he's from his Kamandalu. He's pouring that celestial water on his feet. That's the Ganga. Incredible, you know, if you, image, right? There's a couple of different versions. Another version says that when he reached up, this is the version given here. And another, actually, even I think even earlier in this text in another Purana dimensions, when he reached up, his toe pierced the heavenly covering, and that uh, causal ocean in the highest room, that flowed down. That was a Ganga. That's another version of it, mm -hmm. right? Other versions say that when it came time, Vishnu himself became the Ganga and flowed down, became liquid water as the Ganga. Other says that, that uh, uh, Radha's devotion, her bhakti, became liquid and, and became Ganga. So there's so many versions of how the Ganga is, right? But this is a very nice. I can just picture it, you know, it's like Vish, uh, Brahma is on his lotus, and all of a sudden the Lord's feet appear, and he immediately, immediately you do Abhishekam, and that falls all the way back down to earth and purifies. And the celestial Ganga in the West we call the Milky Way. Yeah, so that's that's the thing is you can see it, right? It, you can see it come through the sky as a Milky Way, right? It's it's shown in the sky how it happens from the highest realms, right? Now and then you can see it on Earth come through the Himalayas down to the plains through Calcutta yes. and the like. Right. And where did it go? That we're, uh, 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 uh. All the Ganga from the heavenly realms through, the, through all space and the constellations down through the, uh, through the mountains of the Himalayas down to the plains and, and to like that, it ends up in the ocean. Right. And so, uh, uh, this, so the ocean itself is, all Ganga water is there. All the holy rivers empty into the ocean. And just the reason I'm saying it, just yesterday I was watching a short little video of Swami Chidananda, a uh, great saint, disciple Swami Shivananda. And he was sitting on some beach on, during one of his tours. He was sitting on the tour, he was just sitting on the beach. He was saying, just see, this, I'm sitting on the white sands on the, on the bank of the ocean, probably in Europe somewhere, I might guess, right? And he says, in, in Rishikesh where I live, I'm also on the white sands of the Ganga. So I feel now I'm also on the white sands of the Ganga. This water is Ganga water. The Ganga enters into the all holy rivers. Go into the, you go to the beach here, 
It's the same as meditating Rishikesh. This is Ganga water. This water started from... So if you see properly, everything is so spiritual. If you don't see, then everything is just what it is. But if you see it for what it is, it, it's not what it is. It's what it is. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. But. I've had a lot of coffee today, so my, my brain's a little... I'm short-circuiting a little bit, so... <laughs> This is the way. Sometimes it's like this. <coughs> Sometimes I'm just happy. What happened next? Falling down to the skies, it sanctifies all the three worlds, just like the Lord's holy fame itself. Just like the, the Ganga purifies the worlds, as so does these stories. That's another thing. These stories that we're hearing also purify the three worlds. Brahma and the other divinities now offered ingredients of worship to the feet of that Vamana, who by this time had withdrawn his cosmic form, which revealed his divine majesty. They offered him scented water to wash his feet, wreaths of sweet-smelling flowers, urgents like specially prepared sandal paste, fragrant incense, light, rice, yava, druva grass, etc. They celebrated the occasion with the singing of hymns and lyrics, extolling the Lord's doings and excellences, as also by joyous exclamations and sound of various musical instruments like kettle drums and conches. The king of the bears, Chambavan, that's from the Ramayana, who was noted for his speed, celebrated this occasion of the Lord's triumph by announcing the joyous news all over, all over the universe by the beat of drums. Hmm. Right, so, actually, so after this, then Vamana, after doing this huge thing, becoming the, revealing himself as a cosmic being, right, the universal uh, as containing everything in nature, this Vishvarupa, then expanding to, show, to, to surpass nature, to surpass everything, then he, again he showed himself as Vamana this little boy. And, and then Brahma and all the gods are now doing puja. So think this is what we do in puja. These are the items that he, we wash we, we, here. What do we do? This being that we worship in a statue is Kali with four arms or is Krishna holding a flute or is Shiva in a Shiva Lingam or in a meditating pose. That is this cosmic infinite being that covers the entire that covers everything. Right? But now, but how can you worship? How can you worship a being who's whose back is whose shadow is yeah. death and back is dharma and eyes are fire and his tree you know it's like we can't even you can't even hold it we can't even contemplate it arjuna saw it for a few seconds and freaked out and says restore this from me right in the bhagavad gita he says i can't hold this i want to see i asked to see it but i can't hold it right show me your original form your two-art form again let me see you as krishna i can hold krishna i can worship krishna but now i have no now i know it's krishna so so that cosmic being then becomes something understandable this little boy, a little Brahmin boy, or or form of Vishnu, or so we so here we worship. We can do the same. We bathe. We can offer perfume and incense and light and rice and druva grass and flowers and all the and garlands, beautiful garlands people make. But who are they garlanding? They're garlanding the infinite being, right? That's the glory of it. This is how it, this is this is what's being shown. The infinite being can be can be related to simply, right? Because infinite is infinite. You can't hold it. Right, but by understanding it's infinite, then you can then when you when you when you see the fine, seemingly finite form, you understand it as as infinite. All right, when what Abid George, when Yogi, he said that uh, God's name and form isn't a name and form. Name and forms are limiting. That by definition, a form is something limited. God's name and form is God. Right, it's not a form. It's not a, God's form is not a form. It's God. Right, that's the mystery. Yeah, we can hold the infinite, but in a way that we can comprehend, without losing its infinitude. This is how. So now, when they're now when Brahma is worshiping uh, Brahma and the other gods and the sages are worshiping Vishnu as Vamana, they know it's the infinite being whose toe just pierced heaven. 
right? <laughs> who contains everything, right? But now he's a little boy, so oh, now, now I know. Now I understand who you are. I can worship you. I can see you properly, right? So it's a great mystery of puja, and everything is being contained in these verses. Where are we here? Uh, seeing that under the guise of the measuring three of measuring three paces of earth, all the possessions of their master have been taken away at that, and that at a time, and that at a time that he was observing the vow of sacrifice, the Asudas became furious and began to speak thus or think thus. The other the other demons got very angry. Saw what's happened. He says, "Oh, that Vishnu, he's tricked them." And on our master, the king of God, king of our, our king, due to he got him in the bad. He's in, in a ritual. You can't lie. You have to give things away. And then, and during the thing, he's that Vishnu has done this, and we've lost our position. We're losing our position, right? That pretender is not a holy man. The demon thought, looking at that's not a holy man, right? That's not a Brahmin, right? He's not a brahmachari. He is none other than Vishnu, the master of our artifices, and this. And this and disassembling, presenting himself here in the disguise of a brahmacharan for the achievement of the purpose of the devas, our enemies. That this enemy of ours come as a supplicant, supplicant as a as a beggar in the guise of a brahmacharan has managed to wrest all the possessions of our master, who on account of the sacrifice has abandoned all violence. Right? Normally, a king would never just give away his kingdom. He'd fight. But because he, he was in the middle of this puja and stuff, and vows and all holy feelings, you know, you, 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 you make this... You, 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 our, our master, he got stuck. He got tricked. Right? But we're, we're not... He's doing... He's stuck in this... We, we can still fight, they're thinking. A firm adherent of truth, a respecter of holy men, and very kind and merciful by nature, it is impossible for our master, Bali, to tell an untruth, even ordinarily, and more so when he has been consecrated for the performance of this holy rite, like this sacrifice. So it is our duty now to serve our master by killing this enemy. <laughs> Saying so the Asuras, Asuras follow, following, following of Bali, took up arms to fight Vamana. Without Bali's direction or permission, those Asuras, armed with tridents and spears, rushed at Vamana to kill him. Laughing at these Asura leaders, rushing for the attack, the attendants of Vishnu stopped them with weapons in hand. The attendants of Vishnu, now it names, his thinking of them purifies this, like Nanda, Sunanda, Jaya, Vijaya, Prabala, Bala, Kumada, Kumadaksha, Vishwasena, Garuda, Jayanta, Srutadeva, Pushpadanta, Satyavarta, and others, who had each the strength of 10,000 elements, began to decimate the Asudas. Each one of these attendants of Vishnu can can is like could destroy an army of Asudas, right? And they're thinking they can fight deep. I mean, especially we realize who Vishnu is in this in this revelation. Remembering the curse of his predecessor, predecessor receptor of of uh, uh, Shukra, and seeing the great slaughter among his followers at the hands of the emissaries of Vishnu, Mahabali stopped his agitated followers from fight. From fighting, he said, "O Rahu, O Nimi, Rahu and Ketu are king of the are big demons for them. You know all of these stories. Hear what I say: Stop fighting and retreat. Time, times are not now propitious for us. Luck is before we were luck was on our side, destiny was on our side. So we became without even one person stopping us, we got heaven. Now time has changed." Right, and you can see this is true of everything of, of, of fortune and fortune is in the world. But even of our physical, but if we take 
even our physical body, right? We got it for a time, right? But maybe by our work, maybe by not some another way, we have a human body. But guarantee, 100 years tops, it will also end, right? Why be disturbed by this, right? By destiny, we got a body. By destiny, we'll lose. We'll get another body. We'll, we'll have another, uh, another time, right? So he's having some understanding. He's trying to tell his, his uh, cohorts or his followers. Besides, no effort can overcome him who determines the destinies of all beings and distributes enjoyments and sufferings to all creatures according to their deserts. Right? He's the one who gives everyone their karma. You can't fight him. Right? You can't fight destiny. You can't fight the one who runs destiny. Right? So you have to accept your own destiny and, the change, and your own change of destiny. And you can't fight, especially you can't fight God. Right? The same Bhagavan, the Supreme Being, Mahavishnu, who favored us in the past and wrought the downfall of the devas, so Vishnu, by mean, meaning destiny here, right? He he made us helped us defeat the devas and get heaven. Has now reversed his attitude. At present, the cause of the devas attracted his favor, and ours his disfavor. Man cannot overcome or defeat time by any of these means. And then he mentions these are classical political means by army, by competent minister. This is how when you have a difficulty, this is what. The uh, politicians have to go. What do I do? There's a couple choices. This is a classic choice mentioned many times in Shastra. You have to. You can your army. You, you can, by army, by good advice of ministers, by your own intelligence, by fortification, building good walls and doors and locks, right? By medicinal drugs. What does that mean? Poison. You can poison your enemy. That's that will work. And by and by mantras, right? Or by the four techniques of diplomacy, right? So and so he's thinking none of these will help us. We can't poison him. We can't we can't build a wall against them. Everything exists, you know. So you're thinking that what can we? So nothing we can do can fix this. So why do anything, right? You have that realization. Certain big things, like even like all these things, like we don't want to die, and we should try we, within our we, within our uh, capacity. We try to live healthy and safe, but it, but no matter how healthy and safe we are, we're going to die. Sorry, I, I, many times I've sat on this raised platform and given you the bad news. You're going to die. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> it's <Inevitable>. a fact. <laughs> Inevitable, right? Inevitable. Sorry, yeah. but this is a fact. but this is basically it. Like our kingdom will come to an end, whatever it is, yeah. right? Our wealth, or even this body, or even like today's back balance will not be tomorrow's bank balance. It's constantly changing. We can see it. I mean, we don't. Have to, I don't have to tell you this. Everybody sees it. In the past, when time was in our in your favor, you had defeated these followers of Hari many times. The ve- you have defeated the gods many times. The very same men are now rising in cries of victory after defeating us in battle. When, when time is again in our favor, we shall conquer these very people. And again we'll win. Therefore, wait patiently for the coming of that favorable time. Right? So it's interesting because we like to... When we... These stories in the Bhagavatam and all the Puranas is constantly fight between gods and demons. That seems to be a theme. Right, and so that's it's describing the ancient world's understanding of, of ancient history, the way the world is made. Right, but it also and yogis interpret this to be an internal battle that never ends between between the the higher and lower aspects of ourselves by our higher intelligence and pure sentiments of compassion and our lower energies of lust and anger and greed and jealousy. These are the demons. This is where we can also see the the fight that's going on. Right, but. But another, another way to understand this is not just internal, but also, we've talked a little about this when we started this, these chapters, this is also cosmic. There's a cosmic symbolism here also. 
of the demons, the underworld demons, and the devas, and, hum and humans. These are three different, the three worlds. We always talk the three worlds. Right? And I mentioned the, the, the underworld demons. They, the, the demons, they control the underworld. Right? And they've been demonized. Right? Like even the word demon is not a bad word in English. Right? It has a, a, a almost very spiritual meaning, actually, at one time. It, got, it became more and more negative over, as Christian history developed, it became, the demons became demonized, right? That demonic realm. But the underworld, so I mentioned that the, the, they have the power of Sanjeevani, to bring the dead back to life. So these, and, and their realm is under the earth, right? And so, and, and they're associated with certain animals also, like snakes. Snakes also live in, 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 in Pataloka and underworld, yeah. right? And so snakes have a quality of, they're not really immortal, but they seem to be reborn again, the symbols of this, because they shed their skin and are reborn, right? And the, the, the devas are atmospheric, they're in the heavens, they're atmospheric things, right? And humans are somewhere in between our realm, right? And, and, and so something you see, in, in, come winter, everything dies, and goes underground. And again, spring comes and everything's brought back to life. So this rhythm of life and death of, uh, and, and, and is constantly going. So he says, right now, the gods, one, again, will, in time, wait, when will win? Right? So we think, oh, we don't like the gods. This is a bad thing. The demons are going to win again. But yeah, the demons, nature goes like this. After death, even if we die, again, life will come. Right? And think from the demons' perspective. You know, it's like they, they take a seed. And, and, and what happens? The, 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 uh, the devas through pull it up and steal it, right? They, we, we, uh, they till the land and take it, right? So everything is in perspective, birth and death and life and like this. So this, this um, very large view of things, an incredibly understanding view of the rhythm of nature, that's also ritam. That's also, the, the, uh, that's also truth. It's the way it is. That's pakriti, the manifestation of pakriti. So... He uh, Bali is telling his followers, "Don't won't worry, don't fight. They won again. Will win. Don't worry. In time." O king, thus admonished by their master, the leaders of the Asudas who were under the attack of Vishnu's attendants left a field of battle and fled to Rasatala, back to the underworld again. Then, on the day when the rite of the soma juice was to be performed at the sacrifice. This is the final part of the sacrifice. Garuda, the king of all species of birds, bound up Bali with the celestial cord of Varuna, knowing the intention of his master, Lord Vamana, that his great devotee Bali should ga gain everlasting fame thereby. So Garuda, the servant of Vishnu, the eagle, he binds uh, Bali. But thinking, knowing that Vishnu wants to glorify his dear devotee. Right? This all thing was done for the, for the benefit of this humbling of Bali is not his punishment. This is for his. This is his blessing, because he wants his 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 great devotee, who is so committed to truth, to flourish. And even now, people glorify King Bali, right? Is one of the great. Just like we glorify Palad, right? And for in a for a different set of qualities, we glorify Bali. When Bali was thus bound up by the all-powerful Mahavishnu, loud cries of alas rose from the earth and the skies from all directions. O king, to Bali, who was thus deprived of his possessions and put in bondage, but who had nonetheless not lost his presence of mind and his worldwide reputation, Lord Vamana said, O Asura, you promised to give me earth measured by my three paces. With two paces I have measured all the worlds. Show me the space for my third pace, my, first, my third step. 
This introduction is very beautiful. To him who is deprived of everything and bound, yet didn't lose his, his peace of mind. Right? This is a big, that's a, 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 a presence of mind or his worldwide reputation. Right? His reputation of being very honest. He didn't lose his, so even now, nobody criticized Bali for being honest, even though he, it made him lose everything. You, we glorify him for that. And he didn't lose because, as our Guruji our often says, in this world of duality, we're surrounded by, what's our world of duality? We have big ones of birth and death. And in between that, we have many, between the big duality of birth and death, we have pleasure and pain, honor, dishonor, fame and infamy, uh, uh, happiness and misery, right? Loss and gain. All these things happen. That's natural. It's, you cannot avoid it, right? Uh, uh, youth and old age. All these dualities happen. Every day they happen, and in the whole life they happen. And Guruji always says that if you can keep your, if you can keep your mind equipoised in the midst of all this, then then you're, that's the goal, right? That's a very high spiritual state, right? Keep your mind equipoised in the midst of the world duality, even. Of gaining heaven and and being bound and thrown to hell, even right, not losing your mind and not losing your reputation, being keeping your dharma, keeping your word, very high. With two paces, I have measured all the worlds. Show me the space for the third pace. Your possessions extend up to the limit of the sun and the moon, which the, which the stars illumine, and up to where the clouds shower rain. In your very presence, I, the all-pervading being, have measured the whole earth with one pace, and filled the sky and the quarters with my body. With the second pace, I have measured the heavens. Thus, all your possessions have been measured. For you who cannot give what you have promised, the proper place is evidently hell. Right? Since you promised me three steps and you have not satisfied, that means you're a liar. He's challenging. <laughs> right? But he's, this is also, he's like, he's, he's like, since, yes. For this reason, you have now to enter hell with, your con with the congratulations of your guru. Right? <laughs> you, by the blessings of Shukra, you can go to hell, right? Who has condemned you to this fate, right? For one who deceives a supplicant by refusing to give what is promised, all his hopes go in vain. Heaven is far away from you, far away from him. Only downfall is near at hand. These are big teachings. One who refused to give what is promised, right? Yeah. Now, for a large number of years, enjoy the fruits of hell the fruit of the deception that you practice in the pride of your wealth and power. Now he's tricking because he really, he's been honest the whole time. But th th like you promised me three, but you've promised, so even like we promise to give everything to God, everything's not ours to give to God. Even that's a great mistake, <laughs> right? We, like I promise, oh God, I'll give you everything I got. That it's, how can you do that? Right? Nothing's yours. Anyway. Nothing's yours. Right, so for that, that means I mean you made a promise to God you can't keep, and somebody who doesn't keep their promise goes to hell. It's clear. It says it right here. Right? Vishnu says it right here. Bible time. I, you know, so this is a this is a, this is the scene, right? Now for a long, uh, 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 what's your power? Uh, o King Shuka is now speaking, continuing the narrative. Even though thus deceived and in many ways induced to climb down from his ideal of truth and generosity by the Lord, the Asura Bali remained unmoved in resolution to stick to truth and replied without any trace of mental dejection. He never lost his composure. He's sticking to truth. O divinity of worldwide fame, O Vishnu, fa worldwide fame for holiness, if thy idea 
is to make my plighted words be false. If you're trying to make my words false, I am equally resolved to make them true. You're trying to make me a liar. I'm going to. I'm not going to. I'm. I'm going to make my words come true. My speech shall never end in deception. And there's a play here. It's like unlike yours, right? <laughs> it's implied, right? Actually, you, your words. Although you're God, your words have been tricking. My words are not going to be deceived. I'm being honest, right? <laughs> Uh, be pleased to place thy third step on my head, right? Wow. So it's like like you're trying to make me a liar. I'm, but I'm. You're saying I I, I can't give I'm, I can't give what I promise. I will give what I promise. Everything I have, which ultimately is his own self identity, right? Full surrender, right? We say we surrender at the Lord's feet. What does that mean? I mean, the Lord has everything. The disrepute of being a liar and a dissembler is more of a terror to me than hell downfall, bondage, and insurmountable sorrow, poverty, of, or any torture of a more intense kind that thou, manif- that, that thou might inflict upon me. Being considered a liar is worse than anything you can do to me. Therefore, I'm not going to lie. I'll give you my head. You take the third thing. They're very big words, you know. I consider that as punishment inflicted. I consider that a punishment inflicted by the most venerable person like you to be as welcome to be welcomed and not shunned, as it leads to supreme welfare of the individual concerned in the long run. Right, a punishment of, of, of a great person is not a punishment; it will be to my good ultimately. The punishment that parents and other well-wishers give cannot achieve the purpose of your punishment, which consists of one spiritual elevation. Even a parent of a mother uh, beats her child for the love of the child, hopefully. Right, but even that, even the mother, so we don't blame a mother for punishing a child, and the child ultimately will be thankful for the for the discipline the mother gave or the ch- father gave. But even that's not for our spiritual benefit; that's just our material benefit. We want to grow up properly and and, and, and like this. But he says that that even even that, uh, your your punishment will be only to my good. You're you're looking for my spiritual welfare. Thou art the supreme teacher of us asudas too, indirectly. Right. For thou hast given us enlightenment through downfall. This is the great. You've given us realization through our hum- being humbled by messing up. And this happens to us also. We don't just go from, from one uh, high point to the next high point to the next high point. That's not the way spiritual life works. Right? <laughs> right? From our own, from our own, the way, how do we become humbled? By being humble. Humbled. Right? By messing up. That's when you become humble. That's how you become, you, become, you realize. Yeah, uh, 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 by by mistakes, that's how we learn. By mm-hmm. so it says you've taught by us misbehaving and getting the result of that misbehavior. You've also teaching us. You're our guru, right? Beautiful. For you have given us enlightenment through downfall. Us who otherwise would ever have been under the blinding infatuation caused by poverty, by by prosperity. Right, if everything's oh, if we're always getting what we want and we have enough money and we're in control of everything, then we'll never. Then, then we'll, we, we, what, G, what Jesus said: the heart is easier for, what did he say? Uh, uh, for the uh, camel to pass through eye of a needle than a rich to enter a kingdom of God. Right, that idea because rich means powerful. You get everything you want. Right, the, with 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 money comes a particular attitude. Right, and that has that attitude exact opposite of what's necessary for spiritual advancement. Right, by concentration, by the concentration produced by deep-righted antagonism to thee, 
Many of the suras have obtained the same goal reached by yogis who concentrate on these through exclusive devotion. This means even great demons like Hiranyakashipu, who hated God, they attained liberation just like yogis do. So God's only doing good. Even if you hate God, good will come to you. If you love God, good will come to you. From God only good comes. This is the point. I am not very much ashamed or aggrieved by the fact that I have been subdued and tied up with Varuna's cords by thee, of, uh, of, uh, by you. My grandfather, Prahlad, who is completely dedicated to you and established your petition for devotion and who thy devotees consider a great soul was subjected to many ordeals by his own father who was moved by antagonism to thee. Talking about Prahlad. Prahlad also went through so many difficulties. I can go through difficulties. Skipping a little bit. Uh, uh, it is a fortunate circumstance that providence has brought me close to you. Right? It's like, it's like a demon, usually we think of a demon being very far from God. But in this, look, I'm being, I'm faced, I'm talking to, I've seen the universal form and I'm looking at you and I'm about to have you put your foot on my head. Like I think about that, like by all, by our trying to live extremely pure lives and, 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 and very strict diet and very careful behavior and bathing 10 times a day and chanting 10,000 months, we probably won't get this vision, right? So this is how, how he's, mer- so I'm not gonna, he's not going to lose his, his equilibrium. This thing seemingly bad that's happening to him is not bad. This is his point. For it is wealth and prosperity that stupefy the mind of man and make him forget truth that he is ever, make him forget the truth that he is ever in the jaws of death. Everything is temporary. So I'm going to skip a few because I don't want to, I want to finish the section because it won't, it won't be long enough to talk next week. Um, but so at this point, uh, uh, Prahlad shows up, his grandfather. And so we only see Prahlad as a little boy. Here now Prahlad comes as an adult, right? As an old man, right? But he's all tied like this. What can he do? So just trying to bow, he bows like trying to bow to his grandfather. He bows his head like this. And then uh, Brahma begins to argue uh, for his for his release. Everybody loves, everybody's impressed by Bali's wife also says some things and like it's going on like this, right? Uh, um, uh, let's see. So Lord Brahma says, you, you please release him. He's learned his lesson. Everybody's talking like that. So then, uh, then this is the one verse. This is like the key verse in this section. This is a very hard verse to read, right? Uh, this is a, now after everybody's made their plea. This is Vishnu's Varun, uh, uh, Vamana's declaration. Shri Bhagavan Uvacha, Brahmanyam Anugrihnami, Tad Visho Vidho Nom Yaham, Yam Madha Purusha Stabdho, Loka Mam Chayva Manyate. O Brahma, Brahma and all, all these people who have made his arguments, whoever, whoever I wish to bless, and this is, we have to be careful, do we want, actually the, the word is anugraha, uh, anugriha, um, it's not really like, we want God's blessing, God give us money, give us wealth, give us happiness, give us a good job, right, cure our disease, and this is natural, we want God, we, we, we come to the, we, come, we want, we want, we come for blessing. Right here's blessings, and maybe a better word is grace, because in English we don't have many words for the same thing. In Sanskrit, there's a hundred different types of blessings. Right, so this anugraha, anugraha, is those who I want to, give, those who I want to show special mercy, real mercy, real blessing. 
right? He says, I take away all of his wealth. Mm. Right? This is a difficult thing. I take away everything from them. Right? For it intoxicates a person, right? And makes him stupid. Right? Makes him forget, right? And and therefore makes him yeah, and makes him insult me. Mm. And it says Imam Loka Loka Mam. This uh, uh, and insult everyone in this world. Insult the three worlds. Mm. Insult every. You begin to think, oh, I'm the three worlds. You know, it's like, and, and you begin to think, I'm the leader. Naturally, I'm important. I should enjoy. These subtle things happen, right? And you see, like back to that verse, Jesus' verse, uh, harder for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God than a camel to pass through the eye of a needle. Look at uh, uh, what happens. They've done. They've recently, just a few months ago, we were, I was into the radio and they did some studies on the effect that wealth has on the consciousness, right, and attitudes. Very interesting, right? It doesn't have to, but it does. It can, right? It does, right? And, and, and one of the things that it does, it makes you more selfish. That's a simple thing. It's, it's, and, and, and you just look at the thing, look at car commercials as one example, right? Look at a car, expensive car for BMW. Shows us one person by himself speeding on windy roads, having great fun. Right, breaking all by himself, just him enjoying, right? And then look for like a Kia commercial on one of these cheaper cars, right? What it is, a whole bunch of people get in the car, they go to the beach, they get out, they go camp, they get back in the car. Go, it's about it's a different type of psychology, yeah. right? Even the psychology because they're they're advertising to a certain psychology, mm-hmm. right? You can enjoy by yourself without rules, right? That's the goal, right? And other another type of community is oh like we feed each you know it's like we have parties together we celebrate together we have picnics together just a subtle psychology it doesn't have to be and it says that the only way to stop that is to make a conscious effort not to do it you can make a conscious effort have everything and make a conscious effort to to use properly not let it affect you then you can so that that he also said so I've taken this away for this reason uh, uh, last verse here uh, whom I really want to bless, I take off all his wealth. For wealth makes a man proud and arrogant, as a result of which he is led to insult the world and myself. Subject as the jiva is to his own karma, he transmigrates. He's born again by the compulsion of karma from species to species and from body to body until at some distant date he gets a human body by my grace. By unlimited birth, we finally get a human body. Right? So let's be humble. Right? millions of lives, eight million lives minimum to get a human body according to Puranas, right? To get a human body. By continuous work, we finally get a human body, right? If you find a man free from pride and arrogance in spite of being in favorable circumstances in respect to birth, works, age, beauty, form, learning, wealth, uh, know that it's only by my grace. Upon human, if you find somebody with everything and still being humble, that is God's grace, right? No, that's my grace, right? However, a person who is devoted to me never gets infatuated, even when favored by high birth, prosperity, etc., which generally generates pride and arrogance in others and blocks all their spiritual progress, right? You can't. So the, uh, those who are very devoted to me, they don't. Let, even even their good karma, the result of their good karmas, has money, wealth, happiness, prestige, family, all the things that come by the result of your own karma, you're not, they're not bewildered by this, by God's grace and their devotion to God. So we, ha- we, we pray, that's God's grace. Whatever we have, whether we have it or not, let us not lose our proper understanding, you know, and, 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 and appreciate the blessings we have without uh, um, uh, ego. Such is the case with great devotees like Dhruva, Prahlad, and others.
Right. This Mahabali, who is the leader of the Daitas and Dhanamas, and the ornament enhancing the reputation of his people, has conquered even my Maya, which is difficult for anyone to overcome. For he has remained absolutely unruffled and unconcerned, even in the face of total downfall and persecution. Right, this, this, the one you're fighting for, he, he is, he has conquered Maya because he is unmoved. By even by, by 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 even the the, the opportunity the, the fear of losing everything. Whether so that's we we lose everything or get everything. We should be unmoved. There's a great if you hear there's a tape of uh, Paramahansa Yogananda's voice, and it's great. There's only a few things that they've released of his voice, and one of he's reciting a poem, and in very dramatic way he goes, I sh- I, I shall remain unmoved amongst the crash of breaking worlds. The great land. That's. I mean, that's that's what's happening here. Is your whole world collapses? Still, I'm unmoved, right? You can have, but that's hard enough. But uh, but it's hard to remain unmoved amongst the wealth of expanding worlds, right? Of fame and power and prestige and money and wealth and and, and beauty. That's very hard. But either way, whether you lose everything or get everything, should be unmoved. Even though reduced to poverty, expelled from his position, and put into fetters by the enemy, deserted by friends, and scolded and cursed by his own guru, Mahabali, firm in his vow of truth, did not break his promise. Even the false interpretation of dharma given by me could not budge him an inch away from the righteous path. Even I, he wouldn't even listen to me, he's so <laughs> truthful. I am giving him who is entirely re- surrendered to me, a boon which is difficult to get even by the gods. He will become the Indra in the age of Manu Sharvani. So he, Bali eventually becomes, he literally becomes Indra. He becomes the next Indra, right, after a long time. He's earned that, right? Because he's, by losing everything and not losing his, his, his equilibrium, that means he can sit in the seat of power and not lose his equilibrium. He can be a real Indra, a real king of heaven, king of the world. Till then, let him live in the realm called Sutala, which, in which there are many handiworks of the heavenly architects, Vishwakarma. Those who live there shall, due to my gracious concern for them, be free from every kind of difficulty, worry, disease, weakness, lethargy, defeat, and the like. So, Mahabali, great ruler, may you prosper. Along with your friends, relatives, and dependents, go to Sutala, which even the residents of heaven long to reach. He was given a place even above heaven until then. To his karmas run. None will be able to overpower you there, not even the gardens and deities of the world. And if any Asuda dares to challenge you, that person will be destroyed by my divine disc, Sudarshana. I shall be affording protection to you and your people residing in Sutala. You will ever feel my presence there. Residing there amongst the Daitas and Dhanavas, whatever Asuda ten- Asuric tendencies you may happen to contract from them, will be weakened and obliterated immediately by the consciousness of my divine majesty. To that supreme to the supreme being who thus spoke who spoke thus, the high souled Bali, the object of admiration of all good and righteous people, replied in choked voice and a mood of surging emotion of bhakti, with his palms joined in adoration, his eyelids dripping, drooping with the heavenly downpour of blissful tears. Bali said, The gr- Thy grace is generally bestowed on those who surrender themselves to thee. But lo, thou hast been pleased to bestow on me that grace, although I am hardly taken a first step of self-surrender, namely making devoted prostrations to thee. 
by merely taking the resolve to make the a prostration. I and Asuda and the meanness of them have been given, guaranteed a blessing which even the, the gods never had till now. Like I didn't even worship you by, by, by saying I'd give you my head. Right, that I bow to you have given me everything till now. Sukha said, Saying so, Bali, who was now free from bondage, made prostrations to Hari, Brahma, pa- Parameshwara, and went joyfully to Suttala with his followers. In this way, the worshipable Lord restored the heavenly regions to Indra and fulfilled the prayers of Aditi. And the brother of Indra, Upendra, he protected the three worlds. Seeing Bali, his grandson, and skipping, I think this is, this is good. What, so what happens here, he, he, so he says, that if anybody attacks you, I'll protect you. So just think of the position now. He's been given a, a divine realm to live in. And then Vishnu, we'll skip these verses, himself becomes his, his guardian, protects him, his gatekeeper. Right? So think of the, 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 this great demon right, who takes over the worlds. Now not only gets, gets a guarantee to be the, a legitimate Indra, Right, not not a demon sitting and just throwing the next Indra. He lives uh, in a very nice situation until then with Vishnu himself as a servant. Right, you say that. So, and and we've talked in the very when we first started the story a couple of weeks ago. He says that Indra, although great, he's always begging from Vishnu, "Give me this, give me power, save my kingdom." Right, but Vishnu himself begs from Bali. Right, so this this Bali is even greater than Indra. Right. Although a demon, he's not a demon. You know, by quality, he's even greater than even Vishnu himself goes begging. Right. And then Vishnu himself then also protects. Right. Very mysterious story. Let's see here. Uh, yeah, so I think we'll end. Uh, 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 we'll end there for tonight. Next week, if there's no other. Uh, next week is regular week, I think. The next avatar, Ramana. So we know the different. It's the story. It's not in order, but the next avatar being told is this uh, Matsya, the fish avatar, right? And right now there's a movie on Noah's Noah out there about the great flood. This is also referred to in Bhagavat a little differently about the great flood and the saving of the Vedas and the incarnation of the Lord as a fish, as, as a Matsya avatar. Uh, so it's going. The, the section is telling all these ancient stories of the old avat, the early avatars, Narasimha, Puraha, Vamana, uh, 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 Matsya, Kurma. All these avatars, these different incarnations of the Lord, have been beautifully described. And some, of course, there's some 24 or 34 or something like that mentioned in the first section of the Bhagavatam. Uh, these different avatars mentioned. And then it also says there are as many incarnations of God in as many realms as there are drops of water from an unending waterfall. So it just this is there's unlimited forms of God that are manifested in doing His divine work. Uh, but it mentions a certain list, right? And then the uh, but ten are considered to be most famous, called the Dash Avatar, right? Although they're not just ten mentioned, ten are most famous, and especially because of. Uh, the Gita Govind of Jayadev, right? He mentions these Dashavatar Stulatam. And it's interesting that the yogis have interpreted all these things a little bit symbolically of the different, uh, even looking at the different avatars as the evolution of spiritual consciousness, or even even the evolution of species, you can think, right? The first is Matsya in the ocean, right? Then is Kurma, 
the, which, so that lives in ocean and land, right? Then, Baraha, animal. Then, Narashinga, half man, half animal. Then, Vamana uh, uh, means little dwarf of a man. Then, Parashuram, brutish man, violent man, right? Caveman type of type of thing. Then, Rama, right? Civilized man. Then Krishna, emotional man. Or you can see like that. Then Buddha, enlightened man, if you were to look at that. And then Kalki represents uh, Paramatma, right? He's Atmakara and, and, and uh, he's the highest thing. Of course, we, there's stories of each one of them. But even the Dash avatars can be seen as evolution of man and, and evolution of God, evolution of man, or evolution of God in helping the evolution of man. There's many things. There's many things that can be discussed on this. Anyways, we'll end there because it's late. Uh, thank you for your kind attention. Uh, next Tuesday is Ram Navami, so we'll have a little uh, budget program. Yeah. Well, it's at noon, but we'll all program in the evening after RIT. This Tuesday. This Tuesday. Yeah, and then, then Hanuman Jayanti is also coming. Anyways, it's an auspicious time. That's the 15th. Jai Ma Kali. <laughs> <laughs>